Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFU Refugees Podcast, a special midweek edition of the RFU Refugees Podcast. Uh, before we get into our interview today, I'm just going to let you know we're going to uh, do things a little bit differently today. Um, we are going to release uh, part of this podcast to the public. Uh, the latter half of the podcast, we're going to expand a little bit, maybe do talk about some some different things, and uh, we're going to probably put uh, put that on our Patreon page. If you would like to hear the whole interview, uh, you can subscribe at uh, patreon.com slash refugees. We're just going to put a, a dollar limit on there, so give a dollar and help support the show and uh, hear awesome extra content that no one else gets. With us on the line is Jake Shapiro. He is a beat writer for the uh, Colorado Rapids and uh, a whole lot of other teams out there in the Denver area. Jake, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to the start of soccer season. Finally, <laughs> finally, finally. All right let's uh, let's get into let's get into the team that you cover, uh, the Colorado Rapids. I'll be honest with you. You know, I, we, we read the stories around MLS. You know, we hear the. Um, you know, we hear a lot about other, a lot of teams breaking transfer records, signing players. I think there, uh, we talked to, uh, one of, uh, guy, uh, person last in the last podcast, um, about sort of about the idea that you guys, I, it, did you guys break a transfer record at all this year or was it sort of an undisclosed thing that we're not really going to find out till later? No, but internally they've been injected with a bigger budget from my reporting and what I know, and there's still money left to spend on top of what they spent on Jonas Namely and uh, Nicholas Benize. They're also bringing in this kid Galvin from Argentina who shouldn't cost that much because he, he'll, he'll be a free transfer in the summer window, but they're still trying to work it out to see if they can get him earlier. Um, but they still have an open D, DP spot, uh, spot. Uh, that they may put some money to this summer, but they're not spending uh, quite the same amount of money in line with, um, you know, the LAFCs, the Atlantas <laughs> of the world. They're really trying to become a homegrown centered club that sells their guys. Interesting. And um, I guess just give us a sense of kind of what the mood is like amongst the team. Um, is Is there an overly positive feeling like this, you know, this team could surprise people because I mean, I'm sure I don't need to tell you that the, the pronosticators and MLS soccer, soccer.com people uh, are, are not exactly rating your team very high, which happens a lot in MLS, but MLS can be crazy. So. Yeah. I actually talked to Jack Price, who's the captain of the team about this, this morning. Um, and the attitude around the team People have to remember, they went 5-2 and two under Robin Frazier last year in the seven games he got. And before that, if you go back to about the midway point of the season, they were actually the second-best team in the Western Conference in terms of results behind just LAFC. Um, so without their literal two-point start over their first 12 games, they would have been a playoff team last year. They were alive until decision day, even considering their terrible, terrible start. So, yeah, like the, the attitude of this team, I went out to L.A., I was with them in camp was very much of the mindset of we really just can't wait to get back together as a team. We can't wait to start getting into practice and getting these games going. Uh, this team, they believe they're a playoff team. And quite honestly, a lot of the people here locally believe that they're not only a playoff team, but they're a team that's going to host a Western Conference playoff game. I'm not ready to go that far yet, but uh, I don't agree with any of the national prog prognostication with this club. Um, I think it's pretty cut and dry that this team – is one that if you just look at the results of last year and look at some of the holes they had, they filled in a lot of those holes. 
the real questions they have are very minor in terms of who's going to play what position and who's starting and who's coming off the bench. Well, I got to tell you, Marcelo Balboa has your back. Uh, he's got you sixth in the West, uh, according to MLS Soccer. I'm just looking at the predictions real quick to make sure what I said was true, which, of course, everything, you know, I always try to make sure everything's true, but uh, yeah. he's got your back. <laughs> well, Cello, Cello is, is, works for the club. He's, he's their TV color commentator, but I'll be honest with you, Cello is very, very brute about his assessment with the club. Uh, because because of his standing with the club as a legend, he's kind of gotten the liberty to be honest, even though he's a team employee. So if he believes the team is bad, he'll say it. So if he, he if that's real. So you you have Robin Frazier um, as your coach. I, I think um, I it would not surprise me if a lot of old there's there's sort of probably two two types of MLS fans. The um, old type of MLS fan who's like, oh, Robin Frazier, I haven't heard his name in a while. I remember he coached, I think he it was the Chief is USA or Toronto FC. It was a team in red, I know that much. Um, and uh, a lot of new people are like, I have no idea who Robin Frazier is. Um, give us a sense, um, you know, obviously his, his last stand in coaching uh, probably didn't go as well as he would have liked. Um, but give us a sense sort of what, what he's looking to bring to the side uh, that's different this year. Obviously, you know, he gets thrown in, uh, actually, wow, he was uh, he was on Toronto. He was on Toronto FC. I'm looking now. It was Chivas USA, and he was Toronto FC as an assistant. So, but Chivas USA was his first uh, main coaching gig. Um, if, if you're a new MLS fan, don't know who Chivas USA is. Just know thing, things were not things were not well in Chivas USA. So he certainly didn't get a fair shake. Um, but obviously, this you know he's coming into a new you know uh, taking over for Anthony Hudson. Pretty much has to just you know see the season out, maybe see something he can do. Is there anything different he's looking to try to do that maybe he didn't get the opportunity now? Now that he's had a full off season to sort of bring in who he likes. Well, he was the penultimate coach of Chivas USA before they folded. They <laughs> are the last team in American professional major sports to have folded. Uh, and the one before that was actually the Cleveland Barons, the 1978 NHL. So I think that goes to show you how much of a disaster Chivas USA was. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Robin Frazier probably didn't have much of an impact on the downturn of that club. So, yeah, fair shake. I think that's, that's a fair thing to say that Robin Frazier didn't really get a fair shake. But he's a guy who played for the Rapids. He's obviously a U.S. soccer defensive legend. Uh, he actually played for the Colorado Foxes, which were of the APSLA or whatever was the pre- precessor to MLS, which is before my time. I'm only 25 years old. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, he has some really big ties here. And he actually owned a house here before he took the job. His wife and his children grew up uh, here. He started his family here in Colorado. So he's got some major Colorado ties. And this was a destination that was kind of always in the back of his mind. If you look at his assistant coaching stints with NYCFC uh, and Toronto FC, highly, highly successful. Uh, with Toronto FC the last two years, I mean, if you've been following this league, they've been the first club to do a lot of the things they've do, done in terms of continual success across Champions League, Confidence Champions League, um, within the league itself, and their, uh, their version of Open Cup. Um, so, yeah, Robbins had a really high amount of success. One of those guys that was there was Drew Moore, and that's one of the points I'm going to make is, is Drew Moore and uh, Austin Trusty were brought in on the back line. The Rapids' back line was not very good last year, uh, although when they got Lawless Abubakar, their goals per game dropped about a goal against per game when Lawless Abubakar featured in the, the starting 11. So that's a massive addition to have him for the full season. So, yeah, I think a continuous back line 
And uh, as Alexi Lalas said to me at one point uh, this offseason when I was talking to him about what the national perception of this team was, they're simply going to be better defensively because Tim Howard's gone. Uh, Tim, was, Tim was at the end. And uh, I don't know what Clint Irwin is at this point, but Clint had a lot of success in Toronto and Colorado before Toronto as well. Uh, he's a little bit older now, so I think there's some questions about how he can hold up over the course of 34 games. But that's the main thing for Robin as a defensive guy is getting that defensive identity set. But the other thing in talking to Robin today and the last few days uh, as they get set for D.C. United uh, really is trying to figure out the identity of this team. Last year they were a high-pressing sort of team. They got out on the counterattack. They had really simple ideas and simple tactical roles under Connor Casey because he was an interim head coach, and they just wanted to simplify and give their guys a clear idea of what to do, and it really worked. They want to start to build on some of that. And bringing in Benazane Namely, they kind of want to do more possession. They were one of the worst possessing teams in MLS last year. They want to have the ball more. Uh, Namely was the best value per touch guy in uh, the Netherlands League two years ago. Uh, I'm not even going to take a stab at pronouncing that. I only read stuff. I don't listen to stuff. No, man, you jump you, you yeah. jump right into that stuff, man. You just jump head first and just hope you get it right now. I'm just kidding. You don't have to if you don't want to. But that's our that's our right. philosophy on this show. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a newer soccer fan myself. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so he's a, he's a big value for touch guy, and he's really going to set the bar and start facilitating more and take the ball off the foot of Jack Price, who's a defensive midfielder who got pressed into – into a lot of facilitating last year. So you're going to have Namely doing a lot of facilitating up front for a guy in Kai Kamara, who literally is the best header guy in the history of MLS, as well as some really speedy wingers and Jonathan Lewis, who's on the U23 US team, uh, now on the US men's national team, actually. Um, and Nicholas Benazé, who scored that massive goal for Toronto FC against Atlanta United last year in that upset in the playoffs. I guess, uh, the, of course, the the biggest uh, the biggest player that sort of has left your team is 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 undoubtedly Tim Howard. Um, and now you guys, I think you guys kind of have freed up uh, freed up the roster spot. Freed up. I think he was he was still earning a, de- a designated player contract, if I'm not mistaken. You free yeah, that he up. He was the highest paid guy on the team. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we all know the the old MLS adage: never never use a DP slot on goalkeepers. But, uh, I mean, it was pretty successful in the first stint. Um, now you guys have uh, sort of a uh, who's going to be in goal. Um, I, I Looking at your goalkeepers, I recognize one name, and that's Clint Irwin. Is that the player we're expecting to see um, in goal for Colorado? Yeah, Clint Irwin's clear-cut the starter for the Rapids. Um, if he goes down, I think they've got some question marks because Andre Rawls is a guy they like a lot. He's actually been very solid in USL action, but he hasn't played a minute in MLS. Um, and then they've got a 17-year-old kid in their uh, academy that's actually going to be playing for the Switchbacks, their USL affiliate, that they just signed to a homegrown contract. They like a lot, but he's 17. He's not ready to play in MLS. So uh, I actually thought the one failure the Rapids had this offseason was not bringing in a – not a backup goalie, not a starter goalie, but somewhere kind of in between to uh, supplement Quint because I don't think they have a, a – I don't know if they have a top 10 starter caliber goalie in MLS. I think Clint's capable, but again, they're a team that had defensive issues last year. So it's going to be a lot on Clint and some of the guys they have around Keegan Rosenberry, who played every single minute last year, Sam Vines, who really took a jump forward to step this defense up because that's the thing that's going to set this club apart, whether or not they can turn into a club that their defense goes from, okay, we're fine. We can make the playoffs with the level of offense we have to, 
okay, where we where they were last year, which was our defense is going to be the difference between us making the playoffs and not. I want to talk. Um, uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to start with this because I know John would ask this question. Uh, John is a a big uh, Jonathan Lewis fan. Um, he is un- un- love un- him, love him. Yeah, I know. Uh, give us give us a sense of sort of what what you're what you're expecting out of him this season. I actually talked to Johnny today. Uh, Johnny's great, uh, great personality, great person to have around. Uh, it, so so if you're just captivated by his play. Uh, I'd implore you to go look up some of the interviews he does because he's got a captivating personality. He's just a fun person to be around. Um, younger, you know, kid really still. Uh, but Johnny, uh, Johnny's got a lot of speed. And when he joined the Rapids last year, they were going through a drought of goals. Uh, their only drought of the year where it was basically if you box Kai Kamara in as a defense, you're, you're going to allow the Rapids to not score any goals. Then they acquired Jonathan Lewis and started diversifying their scoring options, and it's what really allowed them to break free on set pieces because of Jonathan Lewis's pressure and counterattacking, allowed them to force some penalties, um, not penalties necessarily, but fouls in, in, the, uh, in the offensive half in the, in the final third, uh, as well as a lot of corners, and that's where Jack Price really started facilitating for Kai Kumar and Diego Rubio and Andre Shinashiki. So Jonathan Lewis, um, his contributions maybe didn't pop out on the stat sheet, uh, and he was hurt for mo- for times, and he was with the U23s, and he was kind of just all over the place. But when he got into the lineup, he was a game changer for the Rapids. And right now, I'm not even sure if he's the peg starter for the Rapids on the wing. I think that's one of the, the question marks is who's actually going to start on the wing because they have rookie of the year, Andre Shinashiki, who's kind of between the striker and wing role because they have Diego Rubio and Kai Kamara, who both play the striker spot. Uh, so Shinoshiki's been forced to the wing. They just brought in Benaze. Sam Nicholson's proven to be a pretty solid guy over the years. So they have some some question marks about who is going to actually get those minutes. But if it's me and I watched Jonathan Lewis for the second half of last year, that's a guy I want playing on my team for at least 70 minutes, not just the 20 at the end of the game. I want to I want to ask uh, one of my favorite players and and a player I really love to watch is is Kai Kamara as well. Um, he he's a guy who's just been here in the league. He scores goals. Um, it, it's been kind of um, I guess he had, maybe hasn't been as productive or lighting up the league as as he can. Is he still your out and out starter, or is there a, a chance he might be coming more off the bench this year? Uh, I would start Diego Rubio if I was the manager wow. of the club. Um, <laughs> But I don't think that's an indictment on, on Kai Kamara. Kai Kamara is still a phenomenal player. Uh, Diego Rubio, if you look at the second half of last season, uh, Diego had, I think, 12 goals last year, and a lot of them were in the second half. And he doesn't take penalties for the Rapids. Kai Kamara does. And Kai missed, I think, four of his last five penalties of last year. So if you factor in that, like Diego kind of outpaced Kai Kamara in open play goals per 90 or whatever way you want to do it or just straight goals without penalties per 90 um i think that there's enough time for the both of them it's where you put in andre shinashiki where things start to get a little uh cumbersome in terms of who's actually getting the minutes but the my favorite kai kamara detail from last year is they were playing a game and i can't remember against who but it was like three two second half of the year they're up at home and they really, really needed both points. Like, they, just to stay alive, they needed both points. And uh, I think it was against – it might have been against Columbus. No, it wasn't against Columbus, but it was against someone Kai Kamara had played with before. Um, 
Rapids were really struggling defensively, Only they, even if they had only allowed two goals. And they're just allowing corner after corner after corner at the end of this game. And Kai Kamara just drops back as the striker and starts playing center back. Like, Kai literally started playing center back. And he had four or five clearances within, like, five minutes at the end of the game that were just brilliant. Like, he was quite literally the Rapids' best offensive guy. I think he had a brace or a goal in this game as well as their best defender in this game. And that wasn't the only time he had done that, but it was the most clear-cut example of it. So Kai is such a great player to have on your team because he's so courageous and he's so convicted when he plays on the field that if you have any sort of jump ball, it's going to be Kai Kamara that wins that ball. And, uh, you know, there's a story he told me about his time earlier on in the league where – you know, it's impossible to verify any sort of stat within MLS. I'm sure you know that covering this league. But uh, Kai goes, uh, Kai says to me, he goes, uh, you know, early on in my career, I allowed a, a goal off a corner late in the game and it cost my team two points. And one of my teammates said, um, you can't do that ever again. And Kai said, okay. And Kai said to me, from that point forward, he's like, that was my rookie or second year. And this is a guy who's been in the league 15, 16 years now. He said, I have never allowed a goal on the guy I'm man-marking, and I take pride in that. So Kai is such a valuable guy to have on this team, whether it is starting or as a super sub. He's going to play plenty. I guess that's good to hear. I really enjoy uh, watching Kai Kamar. Obviously won't be enjoy watching him um, if he plays on Saturday. I'll be hoping uh, nothing that he doesn't score any goals or anything like that. Um, I, I guess, uh, what I always like to ask is I always like to, to ask about a player who maybe, you know, isn't getting any attention and you know, we know about Kellen Acosta. Um, we know about Kai Kamara, who's a guy on the field that you think isn't getting any, his due and a guy who maybe actually is, is, is a hugely key to how this team is going to be successful this year. Well, I'll do two real quick. Uh, I'm writing a feature on Jack Price is, is going to be named captain. He's actually, they're working on a contract extension for him right now. Jack had uh, MLS record 10 assists on set piece set pieces last year. And the Rapids, I think, had a le- uh, 18 set-piece goals. Like, they're, they were phenomenal off of set pieces. Um, and it was all Jack Price as their defensive midfielder. Uh, he, he's a guy that is a really unique guy because he's not the best defender as a defensive midfielder, but he's a set-piece specialist, and it's a game-changing thing for the Rapids when they do get a set-piece. So that's kind of a key to defending them is making sure they don't get a set piece. The other guy is, and this is someone you're going to want to know if you follow the U.S. men's national team, is Sam Vines. He's their starting left back. Uh, and he, he was started, I think, the last 20 games in a row or something like that last year. Uh, homegrown kid from Colorado Springs. Um, he very well could be a guy that's sold to Europe in the next 12 to 18 months to a big, big European club. Uh, he's trained with the German clubs. He's trained with some EPL clubs. Um, people love him. Uh, obviously, it's hard to quantify a left back in terms of statistics, but uh, he is all over this UN's, U.S. men's national team, uh, and he'll probably be in contention to be their starting left back next uh, World Cup cycle. Uh, he will be the starting left back uh, if they make the Olympics this year. He was their starting left back uh, for the, for the uh, camp that they had over the winter. All right, uh, I guess uh, I'm, we're going to go ahead. We do this every show. Uh, what's your prediction for Saturday against uh, against D.C.? I'm going to go with a 2-2 two, two draw. I think that's a fair fair score. 
See, everybody else is going 2-2 draw. I, I think I said a 2-0 win because I, I'm going to be there in person. And I don't get to a lot of games living in Richmond, so um, I like to see wins. Um, all right, uh, folks, uh, if you're listening on the normal podcast, we're going to go ahead and we're going to close it out. We're going to have a full interview. We have a couple, a couple more things I want to get into with Jake. So uh, stick around if you're listening on the Patreon page. Uh, if not, uh, Vamos United, and we'll catch you all uh, next week. Or you can join the Patreon page and you can listen to the whole episode. Open up my eyes to the sun on my skin. Trying to get up while so I hit up my kid.